about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Ball spotting the run of Semedo down the right hand side. Wolves need some players in the penalty area. Semedo's cross took a little deflection. It's going to come here for He Chen Wang. Brilliant charge down. Cunha. Wang! Yeah! yeah! Wolves lead again. Wolves lead again. He Chen Wang and Molyneux erupts. Stunning moment against the run of play. The unselfishness of Mateus Cunha yeah, to yeah. lay it off. For He Chan Wang to smash it into the back of the net. Wolves 2, Manchester City 1. Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 311. That is 3 1 1. It's the ENS Wolves podcast i'm your host nathan judah delighted to be joined face to face again for the second time inside a week by mr liam keen liam how's it going baby this is going to be a slightly different podcast to the one post tips which after we stole mcdonald's from the drive-through huh. uh we are now happy this was always going to happen they were always going to beat the best side in the world that korean guy we we know his name they know his name pep does he know his name now happy days Wolverhampton Wanderers 2 Manchester City 1 it's great to be alive what an intro mm. yes pep certainly knows his name now doesn't he um it, it feels nice to come into this potty with a bit more positivity we were sat in that hotel I couldn't go room. I couldn't do it I couldn't do it anymore I <laughs> we, couldn't. Were, <laughs> we were sat in that hotel room you were sat there just in your tighty whiteies <laughs> I did uh, <laughs> tell them tell them when you opened the door well I, I should have mentioned this on the potty to be honest um but as you said, we, we filmed it in my room. We, 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 we were, got back late, didn't we? We came back very late. We were in separate rooms, contrary to popular belief. I did ask for I did ask for shared, but they, they no. gave us separate. No, Holiday H- in. HR wouldn't have it. And, um, it's the first three-star hotel I've stayed in in three years. <laughs> wow. Three stars are good for me. Um, and, and you came and knocked on my door to come in and record the potty. It's what, probably midnight at this point? Yeah, quarter what, past midnight. Yeah, something like that. Um, I opened the door and you're stood there in your boxes. <laughs> so, with a microphone. I've got a full frontal view with a mi- microphone. People would pay for that, mate. Yeah, well, there's, sadly, there actually is some people that would pay for that. Um, and, and yeah, so that was, uh, we went from that sort of harrowing experience of... Harrowing, very good adjective. Falling, thank you. Falling asleep listening to you talking about Ipswich to, um, you know, feeling nice and positive. It, it's amazing what one good performance and three points can do. It is mental it is mental to go to the worst the worst town in in england in luton on saturday the I mean, saturday before literally the worst place in the uk it, i've ever visited I, I never ever ever <laughs> will step foot in that place again if they stay in the premier league next year we're both off for that we're both booking holiday that um, goodison park mate. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely awful so to go from that to ipswich where you think goodness me okay thanks thankfully we've got some redemption to up, and then to lose that game and and, you know, you're going into this game really at the lowest ebb for a long time at this football club. No expectations whatsoever. Everyone's like, just stop it being a cricket score. I, I, I'm going to... I dare to think that some people might have even taken a 1-0 defeat on Saturday. It was that bad. You know, just let's not... Let's make it t- 
tight, let's make, make it respectable. To put in a performance like that from minute one to minute 90, no one saw it coming, um, is quite sensational. It's why we keep coming back every week. It's why the fans keep paying the money because Wolverhampton Wanderers can do this kind of thing. Well, you know it was a good performance and result because we pretty much bypassed the banter and gone straight into it. And um, Oh, yeah, we, we have, yeah. We, we couldn't even help ourselves, could we? Because... It was, and it was funny because I did say on the last potty that, um, uh, to your point about the the one nil defeat, I, I said Wolves will probably play all right, probably lose two 0 It'll be comfortable for City, but not embarrassing for Wolves, yeah. and everyone will probably take that and move on and focus on Villa. Mm. And what I forget whether I mentioned it on the potty or not, but I definitely mentioned it to you, sort of leading up to the game. Not that I expected Wolves to go and get a result because I didn't, if I'm being perfectly honest. But it's typical Wolves, isn't it, to, to lose to Ipswich and then, then go and win this game. So typical. How many times have Wolves done this? And they, it was last season, season mm. before, almost every year Wolves will have some sort of spell where they'll lose to someone they should have beaten or get a bad result or draw to Luton and then they'll go and beat the Premier League and European champions. Mm. Um, and, you know, be well worth the three points. Yeah. It was, a, as we said after the game, it was a, a clean sheet style performance and it's not going to win... Prizes for being aesthetically pleasing at times, but it was effective and it was impressive. What um, what changed? What changed, Liam? Because you know this is pretty much the same team that that Gary Nurse been playing. Okay, let's take it. Switch out of it. They made ten changes, but this was one change, an enforced change. Bellegarde suspended, going out. Of course, it was a big change with Totti coming in. So you're changing that formation. Was that the uh, catalyst for for this kind of performance, or was it was it more than that? Was it was it players sticking to their roles, or was it just that they played better as a as an eleven? Easier answer, all of the above. Mm. <laughs> no, I'll leave it at that. Um, I think the five is is a real interesting discussion point, really, because a lot of fans now are starting to suggest whether we should be switching back to a five permanently. And it, it almost feels natural for Wolves, doesn't it, after the Nuno era to, to switch back into that. And you know how big a fan I am of Totti Gomez. I will, I will keep saying it. I love that guy. And um, I mean, you literally have got issues. <laughs> no, shut up. I, I think he's just a really good footballer, genuinely. Yeah. And um, I thought he should have started it, Luton. I was gobsmacked that he didn't start. I thought it was a, a ready-made game for him to come in. Mm. And it makes a lot of sense it made a lot of sense really for him to come in and play in this game and he, and he was brilliant alongside others so it was a mixture of that a mixture of individual performances going up two or three levels as well Yeah, and massively to Gary O'Neill's credit mm -hmm. he got the tactics spot on mm -hmm. now I don't think he's been consistently bad with tactics because I think there's a lot of games where he has got it right United, Liverpool a couple of others in there as mm -hmm. well but he got the starting 11 wrong at Luton to his credit, he did make changes quickly to adjust to that, but he did get it wrong to start with. And I think there's a couple of question marks about in-game substitutions. Mm. I think there's definitely a few question marks where he's made a couple of errors, where he's getting to know this squad better. But credit where it's due, when you do badly, you get fair criticism. When you do really well, you get fair praise. And he got it absolutely spot on against, against City. Wolves were so good and compact defensively as a unit and broke so aggressively and quickly going forward on the counter. Both sides of the game, they got perfectly. And then the small, nuanced tactical changes. Dawson sticking so close to uh, to Haaland mm. and really giving him a real torrid time. Playing Neto on the right so that he's up against Ake rather than Carl Walker. Yeah. Excellent decision. Cunha dropping in to basically harass and annoy Kovacic as the pivot mm. midfielder in there. 
excellent decision. Pivot and screen. First time I've heard that yeah. kind of phrase used. And I had to double take when he was talking about it in the press comments. I thought Cunha had a good game, don't get me wrong, but it was interesting to see the, the intricacies that he talked about, his role and how he had to really re-coach him in, in one yeah. week to the extent where six minutes of, of doing this in training and he was absolutely shattered. He didn't know what was going on. To to put in a performance like that for, for nearly 90 minutes is is pretty insane, really, and, and and fair play. Yeah, and it could have gone horribly wrong, couldn't it? Because he's, he's, he's made a... Especially against Manchester City. Exactly, exactly. He's made a lot of very bold... It, it, to, to people from the naked eye, it looks like he's gone to a back five, he's setting up to defend him and just get, get some him on sort the break. of result. Yeah, yeah exactly. But it wasn't that. It was, there was a lot of very bold decisions that went into Wolves actually trying to cause City problems when they had the opportunity to do it. And with Cunha, as you just said there, with him struggling in training, for, you know, playing this role where he was basically dropping a bit deeper and just harassing the player. Who It could, could have been Rodri if he was... Well, it would have been Rodri if he wasn't suspended. It was Kovacic and Molyneux on Saturday. Whichever player was playing that pivot role, basically just battering them, mm. just staying, harassing them, not giving them time on the ball and stopping City from playing as best you can. Mm-hmm. You look at Cunha's sort of uh, average uh, position for the game, it's a lot deeper than Huang and, and Neto for that reason. Now, if anything like those, that decision and, and any others go horribly wrong yeah. and Haaland pins and rolls Dawson and scores two or three goals in that game, then... Wolves lose that game and Gary Neal gets criticised. But the tactics were spot on. And then on top of that, the players implemented sure. those tactics as well. So overall, I've got, I have got—I can't criticise anyone involved in that performance because to a, to a man, they were absolutely wonderful. I'm going to speak to about a couple of players uh, in a little while, but just, just staying with Gary O'Neill. Now, we said after Ipswich and some people didn't like it, but that um, Wolves are in this for the long haul with Gary O'Neill, whether you like it or not. They see Gary O'Neill as someone who they want to develop as a manager. Now, he's going to be learning. Of course, he's going to be learning. He's only had just over 40 games in the Premier League total uh, where, he's been, where he's been manager. So, of course, he's going to be learning. But they do think that he could be one of the outstanding managers, upcoming young managers in this country. Now, saying that, it, you, you judge it on results, Liam. And when you've just gone to Luton and you've and you've drawn in a in a poor game, when you've just been gone out by to Ipswich, when you're you're basically staring towards the bottom of the table, I don't care what you say and how highly you rate someone as a coach. Look at Graham Potter, he's unemployed at this moment in time. You still need results. You still need results. So yes, if they'd lost this game, would we be talking about Gary O'Neill um, in trouble? No, I don't think it would have done. But at the same time, if you're Gary O'Neill, if you're Matt Hobbs, if you're Jeff Shee, if you're Foson. You really needed. I think Gary O'Neill needed a result here, and this was this was huge. Really, not giving him breathing space. That's not what I'm trying to say. But as much as you talk a good game and you look at development and you look at progression, you need a result like this. This is a statement result. He said, you know, he admitted when he was asked the question, this is his biggest result in his managerial career. He's only been managing for just over a season total, but this was massive for him and massive for the confidence and massive for the team who took his tactics to heart, believed in them. And look what the end result was. Yeah, and, and you look at Gary as a person and a, and a manager, and there's a lot of things that I, I take away from it as, as very positive. I think the experiences we've had with him in press conferences, the attention to detail, um, albeit I've not watched a, a, a training session uh, as of yet since he's come in, the speaking to people around the club, the attention to detail in those sessions and the way the players have responded has been very positive. But... Absolutely, you're spot on. You have to have results to you know, survive as a manager, regardless of the job he's doing. This goes for any manager. Mm. Julian Lopetegui is the same. If he, Julian Lopetegui comes in in January and Wolves get relegated, 
is he staying on as Wolves manager? I'm sure as the calibre manager, they, they might sure. like him to, but I don't think he would even want to be staying no. in the cha- uh, managing the championship. And it's slightly different with Gary Neal because he's not got the, the stock and experience of a, of a manager like Lopetegui. But if he got through to December mm. without a single Premier League win, yeah. hypothetically, he's not going to be staying in the of job. Of course he's not. And that's just the reality of, of modern football. Um, but at the same time, the club are really backing him. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's sort of going a little bit beyond the normal, you know, almost PR-y stuff you hear sure. from clubs. Yeah. It feels to me like it's it, it, they, they really do believe in him. And if, if the SHIT hit the fan, I feel like Wolves would, would back their manager rather than maybe cave panic, to yeah. fan pressure, potentially. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think, they, I think they're going to give him every single mm-hmm. opportunity. And obviously, the City win's massive, but they'll give him every single opportunity to make it work. And then, I mean, Matt Hobbs has done... Um, has done some interviews. He did um, five live uh, last night at uh, like the Twenty Ones game, which I was gutted I couldn't make it to. But I am going to some Twenty Ones games coming up, so uh, I'll be there soon. Um, so he did, yeah, he did that, and then he also did the Wolves Weekly podcast with with Mikey Burrows as well, um, and fairly similar stuff in, in, in both of them. I think the Wolves Weekly podcast is a bit longer, so it's worth a, a listen if you get a chance. But um, he. He uses the word, in, in fact, actually, only in the Five Live he uses this word, but it's interesting. He uses it twice to describe Gary O'Neill as someone he thinks could be a special manager going mm-hmm. forward, which is quite a ringing endorsement from anyone to say. Sure. But then alongside that, he says, look, despite the results, we feel that there's a there's a lot of positive things he's done in a short period of time. Mm-hmm. The context is important. He's, he's, there's a lot of things going against him. I don't think Gary O'Neill wants to use those excuses, but they are to some extent fair as well. And at the same time, they would rather have a transition period or transition season rather this year and move the philosophy of the club along, which is all everything I've been talking about in the last few months and, and, you know, even back in the last season before Gary was at the club about young and hungry players, players that are coming to prove a point. The club has got a philosophy for the club and they want a manager that fits that rather than the other way around where they used to have bring the manager in first and then fit the club's philosophy, Mm -hmm. philosophy around the manager. It feels more healthier now to try and fit the manager to what the club wants to do because the club's there long term, managers aren't. So that's the the direction they're going in now, and they're in the early stages of that. And I think he's calling for Matt Hobbs is calling for time and and, and backing for for Gary O'Neill. But if we see more of what we saw on Saturday, and there's been spells of it this season as well, then I have a successful time at Wolves. But there's a lot of things that have got to go right, and um, time will tell. Yeah, he's. Um... He's done a really good job. I'm I'm very impressed with what we saw on Saturday and just being outside and interviewing the fans. Just everyone was hugging. They were happy. They were chatting away. Um, I got a couple of kisses, which is always a bonus. You know what I mean? Lucky so fella. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it beats uh, it beats Luton. There's been one guy. I think I saw him. Uh, I saw him. When was it again? Was <laughs> I it? know this as well. Was, I think. <laughs> I think it was last season at Brentford. And this guy can't stand me. I'm sure there's plenty of people who can't stand me, to be honest. You're one of them. Yeah, 100%. But he's so angry. So, look, I get that I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Liam, you're not everybody's cup of tea some of the time. <laughs> you know, you give, I mean, what did you give tomato this week? Was it a five I, mean, I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. Had two, we had two potty questions. People were slagging me off about tomato. <laughs> I, like, I read tomato higher than you did. Oh, you, right. you ate the guy. Oh, come on. I gave him an eight, by the way. Oh, I, thought, did you? I thought he was very good. Um, I had to change that. It was six in the ratings. <laughs> I changed it online to an eight. Um, and uh, no, this guy, and I don't know what I've done to him, but uh, I'm trying not to, trying to use the language that um, keeps this PG. 
So he's basically, he must be 40s, mid-40s, maybe, yeah, kind of like, you know, stocky build, um, bit of a bowl haircut, shaven, you know, kind of like, you know, it's like shaven, like number one, and then you've got like the kind of little mop on top or whatever. Good looking fellow then. <laughs> and he's come by a couple of times and I'm doing interviews, so I'm literally on the camera and he walks by and he's been held back. He's bright red in the face, bright red. And he's literally been held back by two of his mates. And he goes, this is both times, he goes, F off, Judah, you effing see you next Tuesday. F off. And I'm like, I'm doing these interviews and he's the same, I can remember he's the same guy. I'm just looking at him like that. And he's literally been held back, like he wants to come for me. I mean, what have I done? I feel like I've dated his daughter or something. I might have done, but yeah, back in wow. the day. But I mean, it's just like, I mean, I can't believe it. Um, the description you've given there, he sounds like Alan Brazil. <laughs> it's pretty much that pink, honestly. Well, I mean, I like, um, I like my steak, you know, rare, but goodness me, this is pink. So He's so angry. Same guy twice now. Twi twice or maybe even three times. He's definitely coming for you again then. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. 100%. He'll be the first one to ask for a picture though, won't he? He listens to the oh, podcast regularly. Oh, 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 oh. I can't believe you went there. <laughs> did you call him a beg earlier? Or something? Oh, it's a fantastic. I tell you what, I did get, I did get some. I'm talking about people on social media. We can go on and on. Um, there was one guy on Saturday, and uh, I was reading this on the way. I don't know whether you saw it actually on social media. I was reading it on. Uh, I was going through my tweets the next day, and I saw this tweet from this account, and it basically quoted me saying, um, "Nathan Judah." Um, this was like at five o'clock on the Saturday. And it said... After the game. After the game. Nathan Judah. And, like, quotes. Um, Samedo played quite well today, but so he should do. He paid £30 million. I still think Doc should start um, every single week. Close marks. And they've got, like, eight retweets and, like, 80 likes and, like, a load of abuse saying, Judah, what the hell? What the hell are you doing? You, you know, a couple of swears, a couple of quote tweets. And I'm like, I'm like, I didn't say that. I said, I'm still interviewing fans at this point. So, I just, it's astonishing that someone can quote that after you've just beat Man City 10 minutes and make something up that's the first thing that comes to mind enjoy the victory enjoy a win stop making stuff up fake news astonishing that rattles you didn't it, it, it well it's just crazy <laughs> well yeah but this is social media in a nutshell isn't it um, but we're, we're fortunate that we've got a lot of uh, you know very nice loyal listeners he's been readers. blocked um, yeah I've blocked a couple this summer did you? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's it man I've some of them came after me, honestly, it's unbelievable. Um, good thing I don't care. <laughs> um, so, uh, to be fair, I, I wouldn't normally block, I normally would mute, but there's, you know, sometimes there's a couple that go a little far. I don't know mute. what the difference is, to be honest. What's the difference between... Muting means that, for you, essentially it's blocked, because you can't see anything they send you, you can't, you, you can obviously search their account if you wanted to, but you can't right. see anything that they okay. send you or reply or anything. Yeah. But for them... There's no difference, so they they can still reply, and other people can see their reply, uh, and they think that they, they that you can see it, but you can't see it. Okay. So in some ways, it's better because they're basically just shouting into the void, thinking that you're seeing it, and you're not seeing anything. Okay, so other people can see. But other people can still see us. So when okay. they're slagging you off, and you know, like your hairline and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> both, both got issues there, mate. Let's be honest. Um, no, it's um, well, look, that's the minority. But to be fair, and look, I don't really, I'm not really one for stats, etc. Um, but obviously the bosses like to hear it, so you know we'll put it in there. We just got some figures from last month, Kino. I mean, this is insane, absolutely insane. How many people listened to the September the fourth podcast? How many people? September the fourth. Yeah, it's the one that you weren't on. There's no need for that. <laughs> no, no, it's no you're on it. You're on it. 
15,000. 21 and a half thousand people listen to our little pod, which is insane. Absolutely insane. So, you know, keep on listening. Thank you so much. I mean, we absolutely love you. You, um, It's got nothing to do probably with the barbecue. That, um, <laughs> can, you, can you imagine 20,000 people turning up for the barbecue? As I said to you already. People have been threatening to, to, to literally come transatlantic, so I was kind of pleased that they won 2-1, not just because of the three points, but because that's a lot of sausages, lad. <laughs> no, I'm not going to make a joke. Don't I almost, I almost did, almost no. did. I said this to you on this podcast a few times already. If Wolves go down, obviously we don't want them to, but if they do and you end up doing this barbecue, it will be a police incident. There will be there will, there will be roads locked down in, in Dorridge. I've told I've, expi- I've I know where you live. It's you know it's it's a it's a lovely area, but the road itself it's not yeah. a particularly no. wide road. No, it's like a street party road. Exactly, that is going to be locked down. Oh, can you imagine the Asbos? Oh my goodness! <laughs> There's a lovely pub just up the road though, so we maybe just you know, send everyone. Don't tell me where the pub is. It's on the same street, man. <laughs> no, I didn't say where it was. I'm just saying it's on the road. Oh, okay. Well, they're saying that. There's not many pubs in Dorridge, is no, there? No, there's so. not, mate. You're killing me here. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, so, there's so many outstanding performances in this game. Of course, we can talk about Pedro Neto, the superlatives, but we won't because, you know, everybody's probably talked about it by now and we talked about it in the post-match video. Superb. Huang, you know, again, another goal. I mean, what a rich vein of form he's in. Absolutely fantastic. Again, the last one signing autographs, leaving the ground. Just, just a, people starting to, I think, to appreciate Huang if they haven't already of how good this player is. We all knew it, and we've talked about it, I think, earlier on this season, about that he is actually, he's almost sometimes rated higher in by other people at other football clubs, and sometimes I think Wolves fans rate him. But he is going through, and because he's fit, thank God, or fit as in like a athletic sense, Liam Keane, stop looking at me like that. Because he's fit and he's finally producing um, someone who is... One of the first names on the team sheet for Gary O'Neill and also integral to how this Wolves side works. I hate to say, I told you so. Oh, you hate it. You hate it. I I wouldn't want to do that, but unfortunately I've got to. I've been backing Huang for a while now. I backed him two or three weeks ago. And look what, look look how he's repaying me. The Korean guy. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Astonishing, by the Uh, way, from Pep to say that. I mean... For anyone who doesn't know, he was asking his... Pre-match press comments, and he talked about the front three of Cunyaneto, and then he f- completely forgot Huang's name and said uh, the Korean guy. Yeah, I've... obviously he spoke. He was okay post-match, actually. In fact, he was one of the better pet post-matches for a defeat. I think he didn't really blame uh, anything to do with the referees. He said that Wolves were excellent. They were we, they were second best on the day, and was kind of relaxed because I think they're going to win the league. I'm pretty sure that they'll walk the league. But um, obviously, remembered who Huang was, which is great. Yeah, I don't think that was. Um necessarily uh you know a deliberate malicious thing but if, when you forget someone's name it's probably best you just go sorry just say to you turn to your press officer and say yeah. sorry what's that other four what's his name yeah and the press officer goes oh, i don't, I don't know. know yeah the, but, the journalists will already know yeah or the yeah exactly the journalists already know what they mean anyway to, to say the words that korean guy is, yeah. a, is a little bit disrespectful yeah right? it's a bit it's a bit strange yeah. but great anyway. wolf's tiktok by the way if you haven't seen yeah, it i saw that as well it was good um so yeah the um there's always going to be small criticisms with Huang because look, he's not he's not a Ballon d'Or winner. He's not the perfect footballer. Sure. And you'll, you'll find me on different podcasts, you know, throughout. What other podcasts are you doing? I meant this podcast. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll moonlighting. Go on, I'll go on any podcast I can possibly <laughs> get, get, get your name out there. Well, <laughs> you haven't you projected uh, a few? <laughs> so, um, and the, and you'll find me criticising him at the right times because mm. he's had injury issues. He's still managing ham- hamstring problems at the moment. There's still little things here and there. 
But overall, my overall idea and thought of him hasn't really changed. I think he's a very, very hard-working player. Mm. I think when you get him in this kind of consistency, and he's the kind of player I think needs an arm around him, a little sure. a bit of confidence. When you get him in the right moment, the right frame of mind at the right time, mm. I think he's a really dangerous footballer. And then uh, you, you know, did this um, a while ago, uh, you know, a picture of him doing autographs and stuff. He did it mm. again after the game. Mm. To be fair, I saw Cooney doing it late after the game as well mm. on Saturday. He's the kind of person he is and the player he is. He fits Wolves like a glove. Yeah. The They want the right kind of characters, the kind of people that are desperate to play for Wolves. Mm. And as you say, he's appreciated by other clubs for a reason. Mm. I think he's a really, really good he's footballer. He's coveted, I think. I think he's a really, really good footballer. Yeah. I think he's a really, really, really intelligent player mm. as well. If you keep him fit, keep him in form. Mm. I said in the last poddy, um, or the, maybe the one before, that his target should be the season 10 goals. Yeah. If he gets that, he's had an excellent season. I agree. And he's halfway there already. Brilliant. He should be doing that now. Mm-hmm. And I think that should be a realistic target. And if you get there early, you go beyond it. I think he's had a, an excellent start and, and long may it continue. Yeah. Um, Craig Dawson, insane. Absolutely insane. The fact that, you know, he really man-marked. I say man-marked. Kilman helped as well, I think, and, and cleaned a lot of it up. But because it was a lot tight, they gave him no space whatsoever to turn, to have one shot. I think it was his um, third... Uh, weakest effort in the Premier League since he since he arrived. So to, to mark someone like that out of the game, you know, I mean, looking at Saar, I mean, I thought he had a couple of smart saves close close to him in the first half, but every other shot, it was comfortable. This is one of the most comfortable games that Jose Saar's had in a Premier League goal, which is, you know, credit to the defence, but credit to the tactics use. But the two people I wanted to speak about a little bit more, Liam, is Ryan Aitnori and Nelson Semedo. Both of them, I thought, had superb games. And when you've got the formation like this, you need these two to contribute. And I thought, not just defensively, but offensively, they look so much better in a five. And going back and looking at how... Nelson Semedo, we talked about Nelson Semedo a lot. We talked about him. He has some great games. He has some shockers. But for me, Nelson Semedo is a lot, lot miles better, more of the world-class play that I think Wolves were hoping to sign in a five than he is a four. I think as a four, he's probably an average right-back. I don't think he's anything more than that in the Premier League level. I think he's fine. In a five, I think you completely get the best of him. You get someone who overlaps. You've got someone who who is a lot more, I think, confident in himself. There's a bit more protection there on that right-hand side, but also can link up an attack. And if you are going to play that way, I think that that gives him so much more confidence and in his ability not to sometimes make mistakes when when you know when he loses his man and when you think he might get beat one or two you know one or two times and he's almost like chasing the defender you think don't put a leg in there there's always that worry about a penalty I think he is a night and day different player and when you look at Nelson Semedo um, and you look at the best form he's had at this football club it was under Bruno Large it was when they were doing so well you know they were kind of like in around that Champions League spot Europa League spot before they went to that. Double London weekend, I think it was November 2022, um, if memory serves me correct. And then he got that hamstring injury and haven't really seen the best of him. But before that, he was playing at back five. He was playing on that right wing back role and he was absolutely superb. It's no coincidence to me that we see his best performances when he is right wing back in this side. And I think really, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, that this is a formation that needs to be the default formation. For, I'm not saying every single week, but the default should be this formation and not a back four. Uh, it was February, by the way, not November. February, sorry, thank you. By November 22, Bruno was out of a job, so... Uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, it's February, sat, sorry. Sat on October 2nd, February, so, sorry, uh, thank you, yeah, the season was, before. Good thing I'm here to uh, 
help you out. Fact checker. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yes, Semedo. Look, it's a. Uh, in fact, I'll address one of the questions straight away. Sorry. Here we go. I was going to, I was going to say this one. Go on. I haven't got it in front of me, so I'm sorry if I've missed someone's name. I've got uh, it. If you've got it, say the names, or just so I'm not leaving them out. Okay. Um, about owing him an apology um, about the, the docu question. Um, I. This is a public service announcement. Oh. I, um, oh. One second. One second. Everybody listening. Shh. 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 Okay. Nelson Smedo. Yeah. I apologise for doubting you. <laughs> in my defence, I had good reason to. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not that's not an apology. That's not an apology. Yeah, this is Jonathan Giddings, Will Liam Keenstar apologised to Samedo after writing him off in the last episode about how much Docker would rip Samedo a new one. And there's quite a few of these talk, people talking about this, saying Liam Keenstar and Nelson Samedo an apology. Yeah, in my defence, uh, oh, I mean, this it, isn't an apology. It, 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 you've, you've, you've said yeah because I'm not really sorry. It's um, <laughs> it's. It's, but I'm happy to admit when I got it wrong. Look, yeah. I've, I've got to, I've got to analyse it as, as I see it, say it as I see it, and he's been so inconsistent this season because mm-hmm. he goes from probably his best performance in a Wolf shirt against United on yeah. the opening day to, you know, did well against Liverpool, but mm-hmm. on and off, very poor to mm-hmm. very decent to very poor again. Mm-hmm. To perhaps maybe this performance against City might have trumped him at United. I think I gave him a nine at United, eight for City, but mm-hmm. I think it's quite close. Um, there's a few arguments to say it did trump it. I think maybe United might be slightly better, but either way, it, it doesn't really matter because he was brilliant. Mm. Um, and Davy Hop can Liam finally give Semedo higher than a six in his ratings this uh, week? Yeah, he did got gave him an eight. Just said I gave him a nine eighty nine as well, but just you know, <laughs> who needs facts, eh? When you got you, when you got Twitter, <laughs> you slipped you um, slipped on the number keys in you by mistake. <laughs> shut <eight>. up. <laughs> yeah, when when a player I believe does well, mm. they're going to get the credit. But it's the same with Gary O'Neill, and I think that they've got it wrong. Yeah. They've got to get the fair criticism. Semedo's been so inconsistent. Well, you go for, you go pro club and people say, oh, you're, you're controlled by the club. And then oh, when you no, go negative, yeah. negative, you're like, oh, wait, give agenda. people credit. Yeah, it's exactly. an agenda. So, Hello. you know, you can't win, can you? No, We've got exactly. to be objective. You've got to say what you see. Yeah, and that's why I stick to my, my thoughts and opinions on Semedo all the way up until this season because he has been so inconsistent. But when he has an excellent performance like that, give him credit. Going forward, he wasn't as effective as Ain't Nori in this game. Um, not That's not a criticism of him. It's just the way that he played the game. But... Defensively, he didn't need to be with Neto. No, well, exactly. Defensively, Doku gave him no issues. Mm. Bar maybe he got in behind him once in the mm. first half. Apart from that, he didn't sure. really fall asleep any other time. And then talking of going forward, the one time or one of the few times he makes a really, really clever darting run down the right. Kilman plays a brilliant pass into him, and that results in the winning goal. Mm. So credit where it's due. Uh, Samedo was excellent, but. And, and by the way, actually, I agree with you in terms of the five and his and you know analysis of his mm. game. But as it always is with him, you've now got to go and do this next week, of course. And then you've got to do it the week after and the week after that. Um, that for me is the real test for Nelson Smeda. So let's let's flip it and and talk about Ryan Agnori, someone who really um, you know we look at the back end of of Lopetegui's reign and was was bummed, bummed out. <laughs> he was bombed out. I said bombed. I said bombed out. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't. You know. I think. You know. Totti Gomez playing on the left. Uh, Hugo Bueno and Ryan. It was almost an afterthought. You thought that he's probably going to be sold this season. He's now quite firmly the number one choice. I think for me, Liam, and and, and fair dues to him. No, it's funny how football changes. You know, all you need is a managerial change or something small. You know, an injury, whatever it might be, and all of a sudden, you know, everything's topsy turvy, as mm. they say. Ain't no way was on his way out this summer. Make no bones about it. Um, 
at one point. And then at one point it switched because obviously Wolves were letting go a lot of players and they, they, they were trying to get Cresswell in and of course that didn't end up happening. So, um, But at one point, Nice were after him, potentially alone was in was in the was in the, the works and it didn't happen. You thought, right, okay, he'll he'll do okay under Lopetegui, but you know, not not play a, a lot. Play probably a little bit of wing here and there and you know, get a few minutes. And O'Neill has trusted him. Bueno when he has had a chance hasn't done badly but hasn't really grabbed mm-hmm. that shirt yeah. uh, and made it his own. And Aitnori's been able to keep his place and I'll be honest, I'm not sure. I, I'm sure there'll be ones I'm forgetting, but off the top of my head, I can't think of a better eight-nine performance in the Wolfshire. I thought he was brilliant. I really do. Defensively, I didn't think he got caught out mm. many times. There was once where he gave the ball away on the edge of his box and to, to Foden and Totti had to mop up for him. Um, but he was so confident yeah. and intelligent with possession yeah. because he was even playing out from the back and getting forward and looking really sharp. But his forward play, making mm, runs, mm. getting beyond uh, Huang on that left side, he was causing lots of problems going forward. I thought it was an excellent display. I really it, did. Definitely up there for me. I think he's had one really good game at home. I think there was a game at Manchester United as well a couple of seasons ago where he was absolutely brilliant um, in a Bruno team that made a lot of changes, I think. But yeah, he's definitely up there for me. By the way, apologies if you're getting a little bit of buzzing in the background. We're, uh, we're in a little office in, uh, in ENS HQ here and... Looking out onto the Nando's, which, by the way, is no more Nando's. Nando's is, is finished. It's closed. It's closed. And uh, delight, delight, delighted to know that the builders are currently soaring away downstairs and making it, what is it, probably going to be some sort of pound shopper, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. You'll be in there when you are. It's just, You'll be in there with, with a weekly shop. Nando's is the best. Is, I tell you what, talk about Nando's. You know, we had a little Mackey's, which, you know, was a bit naughty, but at the same time... Not from a stealing point of view, although I guess that's that was naughty. But you know, we had we had grilled chicken wraps. It wasn't too bad. Um, celebrating that win, I was giddy driving home after Manchester City. I'm ashamed to admit I got my second takeaway of the week was on the you, way back. Did you have a Nando's? No, I didn't have a Nando's. I, I got a, I got it delivered, obviously, because I don't like to turn up for my food. So you don't like to speak to human beings, you know. You just want to be at home. I guarantee you don't tip either when you use delivery, do you? <laughs> No, not. Oh, you've got to tip the driver, man. Not a chance. You got I tip them at least three or four quid. No, they're coming on their bikes or their mopeds. Have cash. You don't. You do it on your app. Oh yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. Oh, he killed you there. I I knew that. (laughs) Um, And they'll probably look at it afterwards. They'll give you the pizza or whatever, and they'll look and they'll go, "Oh, cheers, mate. Thanks for my no tip." If they're banging away, chugging away in November, then you've got to give them a tip, mate. Come on. Good thing it's only October then. Astonishing. Um, I've got a Wagamama's. Ah, that's a good choice. Yeah, that's decent. It's that. kind of a takeaway, but a Korean barbecue buns, mate. Um, bao buns, unbelievable, amazing. Two, okay. two portions of them, a little bit of um, chicken, grilled chicken skewers. Oh, mate. I had my first ever bao bun in the summer, actually. I never had one before. Was uh, that with me? or No, no, me and... Uh, strangely, uh, me, we had it in Brussels. Me and, me and Rosie went there. Well, well typical Belgian fare. Yeah, well, no, we went to like a little food marketplace and we thought, oh, let's try something a bit Fluffy bao buns, can't beat yeah, them. They were really good. Amazing, mate. Oh. Filling as well, but not too bad for you. Apart from if you have seven. I only had about eight. It's, fine. <laughs> it's absolutely delicious, honestly. Three, I think. Plenty more food uh, trips for us this season, by the way. Can't wait. Um, on on the on the subject of trips as well. Uh, any news on my offer for Las Vegas? <laughs> it's still there. You've got international break coming up. Uh, the flights have just gone down. Five nights, all expenses paid, accommodation for you. I'm even going to take you to a Cirque du Soleil show on me. And those are like $140 tickets. The flights have just gone down, have they? Just gone down. Yeah, it's interesting because you did message me after the poddy and yeah. said, oh. 
The flights are more expensive than I thought they were. Yeah, right? but they've gone they've gone back down. Yeah, but you've just had a massive raise of 20 Gs, mate. <laughs> I wish. Come on. Um, yeah, it's, it's not looking likely, to be perfectly honest with you. Can we can we still keep? I mean, people are giving some stick. Can we keep giving some stick because this is this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, Keno. Come oh, no. on. No, I. But you know, you are very generous, and I appreciate everything you. Uh... I'm very giving person. You are. <laughs> Just not in the bedroom. You had to turn it to that, didn't you? Smut. Little We're going bit. to Las Vegas. There's plenty of stuff that goes. You, I mean, you know, you I see the in Vegas stays you, in Vegas. I baby. mean, you see the you see the telephone directory in your room. Definitely, you don't want to be turning towards the back of that. <laughs> no, I definitely do. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the first page. I open it from the back of it. Oh, wait, wait a second. That sounds dodgy, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I, I yeah, I'm not yeah, I just think it's uh, with the house we're trying to get it through. It's, it's just, not going through, mate. Just come to Vegas and blow <laughs> it all. Blow my dreams. No, no, no. Go. It's, it's going to happen, um, but it happen afterwards. Yeah, it's not looking likely. No, oh, man. And also, I don't like taking money off of you. you know what I'm you're, not, you're not taking money off you. I'm, I'm paying you for my company to get away from my wife. Well, when you put it that way. Hey? I'm selling myself out. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be the only one selling yourself out over there, lads. Right, yeah. moving on. Moving on. Um, interesting, interesting to see the the players and when they spoke, and I think a lot of them, obviously, they want to speak. There's plenty of people offering themselves up for interview post-match. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they, they, uh, I mean, you know, big win over City. There was a, you know, a lot of the players were real keen to talk to us. You know, that it, was, it, was, it was a pleasure. Um, but when you did finally um, accost one and, and, and back them into a corner for them to speak... Threaten them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All of them um, said one thing, and, and I think they were—I don't think they were—they were, they were uh, had had it to say, as in like it was premeditated. But all of them kind of alluded to the same point: is that they were backed Gary O'Neill, they were delighted for Gary O'Neill, and kind of said that he'd been given some some pretty rough criticism. And of course, they can't really come out and say that when they're getting beat. But in a game like this, I think that a lot of the players, Max Kilman, Craig Dawson. Um, and a couple of others spoke very highly of him. And of course, it's it's easy to speak of your boss how highly it is. I think when when you've had a result like this, but it felt like there was a little bit more than that in it. Yeah, um, to 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 Max's credit, he was very good when we spoke to him after the game. Um, and these are the kind of things that I'm I'm talking about when we talk about him as a captain. I think a captain, whether it's good or whether it's bad, needs to come out. Uh, not I doesn't necessarily have to speak to me every single week, but I mean, it has to come out at the right times and, and speak when it's... More often than not, he's more, got to be the go-to. Yeah, exactly. Um, and last season, actually, I, I said this on the podium at the time, but last season, that 6-0, six, was wasn't it? Lost to yeah. Brighton. Yeah, they didn't score, mate. For some reason, in my head, I was thinking 6-1. Mm. I think it's because of obviously the, yeah, the, the, the result last week. Um, that, you know, Neves, captain at the time, refused... He spoke to the broadcast, but didn't speak to me. Yeah. He said, said, oh, no, sorry, and, just, and went away. A couple of others didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. Max Kilman came out and spoke to me and took responsibility and accountability for that absolutely dreadful performance. Mm -hmm. So he, he deserves massive credit for that, and I said that at the time. So these are the kind of times, whether it's good or bad, when the, the, the skipper's needed. Yeah. Um, and I thought he spoke very, very well, actually. Uh, I was very impressed. And you say being premeditated. I actually think it was, but in the right way. It's not a criticism. I think he knows, he's not stupid, he's on social media, people at the club have spoken to him, he knows that fans were starting to get frustrated, mm. he knows the atmosphere around the place, and then Molyneux was rocking, Wolves were brilliant, Wolves won, and even when there wasn't questions about Gary O'Neill, he was speaking about Gary O'Neill in his mm. answers, mm. because it was very much a, I want to back him, sure. I want to give him my support, and fair play to him, mm. why not? Um, at the right time, the right place, and it was, and he, and he hit the nail on the head. Um, and look, we spoke to Jose Sarr as well, not quite as forthcoming as, <laughs> as Max Gilman, um, but uh, he's, still, he's still okay. And look, he said some good things as well, and obviously he signed a new contract. So, um, yeah, I don't expect to be, you know, 
speaking to every single player after every single game. I understand that. There's a couple of players that do let themselves down with not speaking enough, and I, th- I think that's a fair criticism. Yeah. I think people at the club get frustrated with it as well sometimes, mm. which is uh, annoying. But um, credit where it's due to those that come out, and, and Max deserves the credit for uh, for speaking and, and, and doing it in the right way. Yeah, I'm not just saying this because we're in the media, and I might have said this a couple of years ago, but it does frustrate me that when players sign, I feel like there should be an obligation there to, to do a certain amount of media. I'm not saying you've got to speak to the media every single week or every other week, but you know, at least once a month, for me, each player should should have to put themselves up in front of the media, whether it's post-match or, or pre-match or whatnot, because you know it's part of it should be part of a contract. It really should be, you know, going down and missing you know going behind closed doors and and going down secret passages or or getting out the going out the back so you have to face the media and going out the mix zone i don't i don't like it and i feel like it should be part of when you sign a contract that's part of your obligation i really do i'm not just saying that because you know we want to speak to them more often but it's three minutes of your time three to four minutes maximum you're not going to keep them there for 10 minutes i mean it's two and a half three minutes you're 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 a smart guy you know that you know they've got to go they're doing they're stopping for you but you're not going to keep them there forever asking them about their life story but three minutes a month really is that too much to ask for certain players whether you you know i know some people struggle with english and some people uh, are fluent but at the same time for me to for you to get two to three minutes every single month is not asking too much no completely agree um and this is not just wolves this is this is I'm sure the vast majority of Premier League clubs. Now, this is what I was about to say, because actually some of the mix zone, and I've said on here before, for people that don't know, mix zone is the, the name of basically uh, some sort of corridor or mm. sort of sectioned off area where the players will walk past and the media will stand there. You and, might see them in more like uh, televised, in like Champions League games, so to yeah, speak, exactly, won't you? Yeah. But obviously you won't see them on a Wolves match. And there's, there's some clubs where the mix zones are really bad. Mm, terrible. Um, and all, it, it, sort of the rules are there where they have to walk past. Yeah. And there's so many mix zones in the Premier League where they don't even have to walk past mm. or they can avoid it. Um, Wolves try and do their best to get the players to walk past, but sometimes they'll go out a separate door yeah. and just get away from us. Yeah. And it's a little bit frustrating. Um, and I'm not criticising anyone at Wolves for this because they do their best. And and a couple of the guys helped me get Jose mm. Sara mm. over mm. On, after the game on Saturday. Um, so they're, they're brilliant at, at helping their best to make it happen. But they've also got their own battles because broadcast media, we've got and rights holders have got to do interviews after sure. the game and that's in contracts. They have to do that. Yeah. And some players, you know, don't want to do it and are kicking off about it even after a win. So um, it's, it is frustrating. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, I've said it on here before, City and Liverpool are up there with two of the best mixed zones because the players have got nowhere to, to go apart sure. from walk directly past you. Yeah. Um, but then there's a couple others. I think Villa is like oh, Villa's horrendous. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's yeah. just like a through cup. that downstairs in that little. It's a yeah. cupboard in the corner where they yeah. don't, there's two doors where they don't even have to come mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. You have to get someone, a staff member, to bring someone over to mm-hmm. you. And, and you know, Wolves are great at helping that when when they can. Um, and there's a couple others that are not. going. United's really bad as well. But yeah, that's for me probably something that they need to address. The Premier League needs to address. Um, it's just whether enough people are going to kick up a fuss to to make it happen. Uh, seven points from seven games. It looks so much better, doesn't it? After that, after those three against uh, Manchester City, we kind of spoke really about getting out these first six games. I think this was after game week one, Liam, um, and saying if they can get through these first six games and they can have six points, for me that was the minimum that they would be okay with. And then you go Manchester City. Of course, we all put that down for a defeat. So seven from seven. I think they're almost slightly ahead of the game. Yes, they've got some very difficult home games to come, but this will give them so much. Renewed confidence going to Villa, Spurs, uh, etc. Coming to coming to town, but yeah, the fifteenth in the table, seven points, but they're 
they're a way they've just put a little bit of a little bit of a gap between those bottom three and and, um, and where they are fifteenth. So the glob mini league, the glob, <laughs> Here we go. the blob. People say the blob. It's the glob, the glob With mini league. So I know that people like Luton who got a good win at Everton and they're going, well, you've got to have them in the glob and Everton they're ahead of Everton. I'm still saying that Sheffield United and Luton Town will go down this season. That's why I'm not including them in the glob. So. We're writing those two off. For people who don't know about the glob, you want to be towards the middle or top half of the glob and not get sucked into the bottom half of the glob. Um, otherwise, you know you're in a little bit of bother. So, the Glob Mini League, top Crystal Palace, who, by the way, are doing very well. I'm still not keeping them out of the glob because I still think they could quite easily lose three or four games. They lose an Eze or, or an Edouard or someone like that, and I think they could be pulled back into it. But they're top at the moment, Crystal Palace, uh, 11 points from seven games. So, they're on 11 points. Second, Forest, eight points. Third, Fulham, eight points. Fourth, Brentford, seven points. Fifth, Wolves, seven points. Sixth, Everton, four points. Seventh, Bournemouth, three points. And eighth, Burnley, one point. So looking a lot better. Wolves definitely maybe a point away from nearly the top of that table apart from Crystal Palace of the glob. And that's where you want to be because that means that realistically, if you are looking the last six, seven games of the season, that's where they are in the glob. We're not going to have a relegation battle on our hands, which I think, and this brings us on to Matt Hobbs, and he's done a little bit more, um, I think, media in the last 24 hours or so. And you've talked about it, and Gary O'Neill and Jeff Shee's talked about it being a, a season where they've got to believe that they're almost coming up from the Championship, and it's their first season in the Premier League. That's what that would be a successful season this year with everything, with all the changes that have gone on, with all the summer, with the managerial, with the players' turnover. If they cannot be involved in a relegation battle this season, finish towards the top half of the bottom half, top of the bottom half of the table, they'd take that and they'd bite your hand off and they start again and they go again next season. Yeah, um, there's some interesting um, points that Matt Hobbs made in, in the, the podcast interview that he did. Now, obviously, this doesn't mean that they want to be relegated. Of course not. But he did say that they're less, or he's less concerned about the league finish this season in comparison to moving the club along in the philosophy and the strategy that they're trying to do and the culture that they're trying to, to build at the club. Um, and he, and he, he did reference clubs like Brentford and Brighton and, and what they've done to, to get themselves to this point. So, obviously, that doesn't mean you can finish 20th, but you can bring the culture along because that's not going to do anyone any good. No. But he did say, and this is, this is a sort of direct quote uh, that I'm going to paraphrase slightly, that he said, we can finish 8th and not move the club along in the philosophy and the culture and what we want to do, or we can finish 12th or we can finish 15th. But get everything done this season that we want to do mm. and get ourselves in a better position for next season. Mm. And he said he'd much rather that. He'd much rather finish 12th, 15th, somewhere around there, mm. than finish 8th and feel like they're not in a good position to attack next season. Now, I can understand fans will hear that and some people will think, oh, well, that's not very ambitious. We, you know, we're just going to go to finish mid-table or middle of the second half of the, of the table. Mm. But if this philosophy and strategy, these are the words that they keep coming back to use, if this gets to the point where they want it to be, they will be finishing the top half of the season regularly again. Um, it's a lot of ifs there. Yeah. And you might need to take your medicine a little bit this season. And if that means Gary Neal has some more tough times... Look, we can't get carried away. As good as they were on Saturday, it was only one win. If that means they have a few more tough times this season, I think Wolves, as it stands, are prepared to, to stomach that, mm. to move forward with Gary O'Neill and 
what they're trying to build for this squad. They've got a lot of decisions they've got to get right. Mm. And you would hope that they get to January not having to spend a lot because it means that they've had an okay start to the season. Sure. They had to spend a lot last January because they were going to go down if mm-hmm. they didn't and they were bottom of the table. But um, And Hobbs actually speaks about this in, in, in the interview as well and says, um, if we have to do a lot of work this January again, it means that something's gone wrong. Mm. But they are in a position because of the new Nest sale where they can bring some players in. Obviously, they tried to bring a strike in, didn't they, towards the end of the, the summer window. Um, whereas had Nunes not gone, they'd have been struggling to, to do much yeah. this January. So they have got that option available to them. But the idea is that they're going to have to maybe suffer at times. And Gary Neal spoke about this as well. But if they can get to where they need to be this season, regardless of league position, provided it doesn't mean relegation, then I think they'll be, they'll be happy. It's funny, that's the first time in... 48 minutes into this into this show that we mentioned Matthias Nunes and uh, <laughs> yeah, the true. stinker that the stinker that oh I didn't get yeah too much of a stinker but he was he was down a lot he was complaining he didn't look comfortable I I think he expected some booze I don't think he expected the extent of the uh, of what the the crowd gave him and I don't think Pep did actually to be honest and he said about you know he wasn't quite working and he needed someone a bit more direct who was a bit more flowing when that's why he took him off at half time but um for for me, Pep again, like it's an interesting. Unless he's literally, I, I know Rodri's injured, but he's kind of put put aside what the reception he was he was going to get because I think that played a massive, massive um, stake into galvanising this kind of crowd in this in this atmosphere. It was it was brilliant. Everybody was on him, and you needed that kind of unity going into the game and during the game because there was a little bit of disdain, I think, and a little bit of. Um, divisiveness with with the situation going into this game, and it was you know he got he got it <laughs> he got it bad didn't he <laughs> oh every single barrel going and it was fantastic it was fantastic it was and deserved as well <laughs> just say what you think man, why not um, yeah it was quite funny to be honest um, but I said this to you during the game as well if if he scored and City won. And he gave it the badge and mm. was knee sliding in front of the South Bank. And well, he's not getting out of Wolverhampton. Well, probably not, no. But at the same time, as much as I don't want that to happen because I want Wolves to win the yeah. game, of course, he'd be he'd be well within his rights to do that because I think players and fans, mm. it should be a bit of back and forth. Yeah. So same with Gibbs-White last season. I, do I think he's, he's a bit over the top and a little bit cocky at times? Mm. Yes. But do I think he should be allowed and not really be criticised for giving it a bit back when fans give it mm. to him? Yeah, I think mm. I think it adds to the game a bit, adds mm. to the spice. I don't really mind it. Um, obviously, you know, provided Wolves do well, is uh, is better for me and keeps me in a job. So, <laughs> so, uh, so I want that to happen, obviously. But um, yeah, it was it was almost the perfect storm, wasn't it, mm. Molyneux? Because we had the Nunes situation galvanised the crowd. Wolves' performance mm. lifted them even further. Mm-hmm. The reaction from the Fans then, in turn, I think reacted with the players. Uh, speaking to Dave Edwards yesterday for his for his column for the mm. Express and Star, and he said, you know, the 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 noise from the crowd, you know, it, it got into the players' legs and into the players' mm. minds, and you could see the difference it made. Mm. Um, and it is a bit of a cliche, but I really do think it makes a difference mm. when the fans are like that. And it felt like one of the Nuno days, one of the special days mm. where Wolves take on one of the big boys and deservedly win. Um, it was Molyneux was outstanding on Saturday and it needs to be like that for every game mm. now Villa will take care of itself mm. because Molyneux is always going to be loud for those kind of games mm-hmm. but when I don't know when Luton 
come to come Bournemouth. to come, Bournemouth come to Molyneux when you know, Sheffield Chef, United mm. and Brentford and Burnley come to Molyneux mm. uh, it's got to be exactly the same mm. so that's the challenge I think for the supporters and look it goes two ways the, the players have got to give them a reason to be cheerful as well but mm. um, it makes a real difference and, and Molyneux was a perfect storm was absolutely bursting um, and it was yeah, it was great to be there Liam Keane, our sponsors, the beautiful kettleandtoastman.co.uk, have something on their website that I have treasured for about four and a half to five years. I shall be taking it everywhere I go. I'll be taking it to Las Vegas. Is you it can journalistic integrity. Oh, hey! Oh, Boom! Um, and you should you can borrow it when you're in the connecting room. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it is yet. Crikey! <laughs> Plenty of mechanisms on this site, lad. And. Um, and you can borrow it because you'll be, you know, like I say, a little interconnecting room in the Bellagio if you want it. It's there for you, waiting. Um, and that is, no one, no, everybody hates in a hotel room, the iron. I knew you were going to say this. No I knew one, it. No one needs an iron. Steamer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, to be fair to you, you ironed superbly in pre-season for me. Thank you. Excellent. I can't knock it. You are very, very domesticated. In fact, if I was that way inclined, I would definitely have you as a, as a roomie because you are top draw in the, in the cleanliness stage, in a, in a, you know, a domesticated, blissful situation of rooming. You are, you are top draw. Well, put it this way. Everyone's got a price, Stuart. Uh, <laughs> you, you name it, I might be there. Here we go. Um, but no one likes ironing. Steamer abroad. Oh my goodness. It is game changing. When you, when you like your shirts, you like your shirts. I can remember Benny Dorm. You weren't happy when I went through that wardrobe. I looked pretty good as well. I mean, there's some interesting, interesting designs on there, lad. But no one wants creases and no one wants to iron it. This is, these steamers are unbelievable. Heat them up, ready to go in a minute. Literally a couple of up and downs and you are ready to go. Um, out looking sharp on a night out for some tapas, some beer, some other stuff that goes on on an evening. Uh, right, so let's, Excuse me. let's have a look. I meant, I meant dessert. Beldre, rose gold edition, or would you like a purple and white one? Oh, you can have a black and black and gold, or you can have a purple and white. Black and gold. Oh, black and gold, baby. He's gone for the rose gold edition. This is, I mean, I can't show you, Kina, because I don't want to lose the connection, but it looks unbelievable. I mean, it literally is a little can. You've got your, you've got your plug. Let's have a look. 45 seconds it's ready to use. 15 minutes of continuous steam with a 1.9 meter cord for maneuverability. How much? Is it? You just put a little water, just put it in the put it in the old. Um, there's a little connecting thing. You switch it in. Good to go. Fifteen minutes of steam. How much? Fifty quid. Ah, oh, you've done me again. Lower. <laughs> You're very good at that. Uh, Thirty-five. Lower. Bloody hell. And this is this is gonna this has got a three-year warranty. Twenty-two and twenty-five. Lower. Pence. It can't be as low as 15. It's 15 pounds, baby. It's 15 pounds. It's 50 pounds. Well, yeah, fifth time lucky. We'll be giving that away later on, along with something else that you can name at a later date. So, Belray Rose Gold Edition, Multi-Steam Pro, 15 pounds, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Right. Um, so, one big game has, has gone, and Wolves have won it. Another big game to come Sunday. It is the West Midlands Derby. Wolverhampton Wanderers. Aston Villa, who are coming off the back of a terrible result. 6-1 win at Derby. Crikey. I mean, at Derby. Derby. 6-1 at Brighton. Um, I mean, look, we were on the monitors, didn't we, at Villa Park when we were waiting for the game to start on Saturday. They were brilliant. Ollie Watkins, of course, on fire. Hat-trick. I think he was involved in all six goals, to be honest. 
it's going to be a lot tougher game this, I think, for Aston Villa. Um, and I think Wolves will make it tough. I'll allude back to my earlier point, Liam, and um, we'll talk about the situation. Um, I know we've got questions to come as well, but um, could you see Wolves, Wolves ch- keeping the 5-3-2 and that being the best formation for them going forward? For me, for me, with their squad, with their personnel, this is the best formation of 5 through 2 that gets the most out of this team. I agree. I think it is. Do as I much th- as we want to see 4. Do I think Gary O'Neill will play it? I'm actually really... I'm split on this one. I really am. Because the temptation is there. You, you look at the performance against City and the result and you think, right, well, why change anything? But... The details tell their own story. The details we've already spoken about on here about Dawson's position, Neto, Cunha, Aitnori, the, the players that played specific roles. Were they worse to watch as a five? No, 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 no not at all. More pleasing on the eye for me, no. more threatening. But Gary O'Neill, I think, was set up to tackle each opposition based on the dangers they pose and how Wolves can hurt them. And that's why I think we might see a change and a fluctuation in formation. Doesn't mean necessarily you won't use it for, for Villa because Villa do have some good attacking players. They're scoring a lot of goals at the moment. They are looking, you know, they've had a good start to the season. But they but, haven't shown but, much in a four-lean. What, what's, what's there that what, in a four? What I, think, what, what I think, and this is only obviously speculating at this point because I'm not in the training ground sessions. I'm not there day to day. But I could see a world where Gary O'Neill looks at Villa, mm. sees something he thinks Wolves can exploit or stop and sets Wolves up in that fashion. And that could mean, doesn't mean it will, but it mm. could mean it's changing back to a four yeah. and playing, I don't know, a, te- a 4-2-3-1 with a, uh, a number 10 mm. or whatever it might be. Mm. So I would like to see the five stay because I think Wolves played really well in that and uh, considering you know Villa's, some of their attacking threats at the moment, I think it would make sense. Watkins and Diaby have got pace to get in behind. Mm. I think a five would make sense. But that's looking at it from almost a layman's term at this point mm. in comparison to what Gary O'Neill will be looking at it. I could see a world where he does make changes, but where those changes come is difficult to see. Yeah, I mean, look, they play Thursday night as well. That's why the game is on Sunday. So they've, they've got a quick turnaround. So I think you need to be energetic. You need to go at them. If there's a little bit lethargic um, there, then I feel that you need to expose it. Look, you know, they've lost that first Europa game as well, so they're going to have to play pretty much a full-strength side and make sure they get three points on the board. Of course, they're going to get through that group, but that was a that was a shocking result against uh, Legia Warsaw, I believe, yeah. um, a couple of weeks back. So, you know, these these guys, or the majority of them, maybe seven or eight of these players, are going to have to turn it around in, in 72 hours. Wolves, of course, got this, this eight-day break now, so they should be fresh, they should be firing. You know, for me, Liam, I, I would suggest... That they that five should be basically their default. Five at the back, pace and attack. You know, I've heard that I'm before. Not, I'm not arguing. You've with looked you. at you know. I know we've moved from the Nuno days, and you look at Bruno, and you look at all these guys who want to play four, but it's just not worked. And I, you know, Wolves can't score goals in a four. They can't score goals. They've scored two against Manchester City in a five. And for me, what the big takeaway from that was is they played football playing that five. Now, you can change and still keep that five lean and go more direct. Like, you look at that back five, you look at those three centre-backs, Kilman, Totti, Dawson. This wasn't a plough-into-the-box win, make-it-physical battle against Manchester City, which maybe many people thought that was the only chance of winning. They played football and beat them. But if you need to win a derby, they didn't really use that aerial threat, but it's there. 
Go and use it if you need to. Get those balls in the box. Make those set pieces. Because obviously Wolves didn't have a lot of the ball. They had 30% possession, as you're going to give away to Manchester City. Against Aston Villa, you're probably going to have the majority of it, maybe 50%. You're going to have more chances to ping balls into the box. You're going to have more free kicks to get balls into the area, to get in good positions. And that's another asset that Wolves have got playing that back five. They didn't necessarily use against against Manchester City, but he's there when they need to use it. We've seen Totti score goals. We know Greg Dawson's got a great a great strike rate. Max Kilman has got to do a lot better, but those three in the box creating havoc, that's what I like to see. That's another chance of Wolves scoring goals. And Wolves don't actually score a lot from set pieces. They need, they need to do a lot better, yeah. as you just said. Um, and, and looking at Villa and, and who may or may not play, that power tor- Torres for them, I think is a good defender. Mm. I think he's a little bit lightweight, mm. though. Mm. Um, I think particularly from set pieces, Kilman, Dawson, Totti has got to yeah. take advantage, attack the ball with urgency mm. and I think you'll get chances. So mm. yeah, um, I'm not going to argue with any of that because mm. I, I would like to see the five stay based on the personnel and particularly the previous conversation about Semedo and Glory. Mm. I think it makes a lot of sense. Mm. I've just got a couple of question marks in my head about whether Gary Neal will do it. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll pick the team in a little bit. Right, first of all, questions. Um, and then we'll pick the team and do scores. Steve Bromley says, how many yellow cards are Semedo, Lamina and Zhao Gomez on at the moment? They all seem to be picking up cards on a regular basis. Remember, Lamina was booked, I think, after the, after the game, was it? No, no, that was Semedo. Oh, was it Semedo yeah. with the confrontation? Five yellows equals a one-match ban, so they could potentially all be banned for one game at the same time. Yeah, it's a really good question, and I did a bit of check on this because I was thinking about it as well before I saw the question. So, Zhao Gomez is on three already, so he's two away from a one-game ban. Lamina is on four. Oh, goodness me. So if he gets booked at Villa, he's missing Bournemouth away after the international break. So will I. I'm on four as well. He's just announced he's on, he's he's got a suspension, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm suspended in Vegas. Well, um, and by the way, Lamina's yellow card against City came because he kicked the ball away. Mm-hmm. It's so stupid. And I like Lamina, I thought he was brilliant on the weekend, but yeah. you don't, why do it? Yeah. Because the referees are booking everyone for it at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Semedo, so I saw him get booked after the game, uh, that little conversation with Grealish, literally bang on full time. Yeah. And, I'm, and, I was, and I thought I was seeing things because I saw him get booked and then I looked on every single website yesterday on Monday mm. and even the Premier League website, nowhere was he registered as having a yellow card. Right. And I was like, what's going on here? So I spoke to some people at the club just to double check. Yeah. And they've confirmed that he did get booked. Okay. So I don't know why none of these... Maybe today it is on there, I don't know. But yesterday yeah. when I checked, no website anywhere had him as a yellow card. Okay. So Semedo, with that yellow card against City, is also on four. Wow. So two players, Lamina and Semedo, mm. uh, both one game... Well, one yellow card away from having a one-game ban. I mean, look, Jock and Bubakar Traore. Bubakar Traore came on and did a very good yeah. job. You know, At least you've got these ready-made replacements if and when they do get suspended. Yeah, uh, both of those completely agree, but just to pick up Bubakar off the bench against Luton, I thought he was brilliant. Mm. Start, uh, starting against Ipswich, I thought he was one of the better players on the, on the night. And then off the bench against City, again, I thought he was very good. And every single time... Gary Neal, I asked him about Bubakar at Ipswich, but the other two games he wasn't asked about him and he still brought the player up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's been asked about him in press conferences. He brought him up on his own accord in press conferences. Gary Neal is clearly a big fan of Bubakar Traore. He keeps bringing him up. And I think he's, regardless of suspensions, probably close if the you know the, the, the game plan suits. It's probably close to a Premier League start anyway. But a suspension is probably how it's going to come around if uh, Lamini gets booked. Okay, a couple of uh, questions that are kind of similar, so I'll read them both them out. Uh, out of Darkness Cometh Light says, 
Our best performances have come against Manchester United, Liverpool and Manchester City. We'll be able to keep up, get up for the same games against the likes of Bournemouth and Sheffield United and adapt to those type of games. Uh, Canada Mike says similar. Um, regardless of results, is there any excuse for not performing like we did against City almost every week? And if we don't, heads should roll. Yeah, well, the standard has been set. The standard was set against United, Liverpool in the first half, and now City, and all sort of different game plans and different qualities that Wolves showed amongst those three games. The standard's set, and you've got to try and breach that. Wolves aren't going to breach it every week, unfortunately. It's just that if they did, they'd be you know, going for the title. So <laughs> we're not. That's <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, <laughs> So that, that's the reality of it, but you have to get as close to it more often than not. Uh, and that's the challenge now. And similar point I made about the fans getting up for those games in terms of the atmosphere, the, you know, the Sheffield United's Burnley's, etc. It's exactly the same for the players. You've got to make sure you're on it and intense. Paul Mansell, as an experienced international, how do you explain the variations in performance levels we see from Nelson Semedo? Outstanding against United and City, but poor against Brighton and Luton. Uh, I can't really explain it all I can say is look at the trend since he's joined Wolves it's pretty much been that way his whole time as a Wolves player which is a shame because when he is on it he's very good but he just hasn't been on it enough so I can't really explain it it's it's it baffles me how that you know there's such a, a difference from one week to the next but if he can hit any kind of consistency like he did under Bruno in that in that spell that you mentioned then um then that'd be obviously a lot better for Wolves uh, Dave says, I quite like this, it's like uh, playing devil's advocate, so I like that, Dave. If we beat Villa, would you say we've actually had a good start to the season? I think the win against City has made up for some of our previous clangers. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Um, I think, it's, again, referring back to the Matt Hobbs interview from today, you know, he said there's a lot of positives we can take from the games and the performances. I think there's a lot of people hanging their hat on the Brighton performance being good, aside from a 10-20 minute spell. I think me and you still... Don't think it was a good performance overall, but maybe we're on our own in thinking that. But regardless of that, there has been good spouse and good performances mixed within these results. If you go and beat Villa, it does look a lot better, doesn't it? At the same time, you beat City, everyone's buzzing this week, but it is one result. You have to follow it up. Uh, a couple of questions again, I'm going to dovetail them together. Adrian Jackson, how does Bellegarde fit in the team if we stay with five at the back? And also, is Tom Nevy says, back five or not? How do we fit Bellegarde and Bubakar into the midfield? Good problem to have. Good problem, definitely. No, I think that's a good way of describing it. Um, and it's, the long and short of it is he probably doesn't. Mm. Bellegarde. Bellegarde, of course, misses one more game, doesn't he? Yes, he misses Villa and then his suspension's up, so he'll be back after the international break. Um, he can play out wide, he has played there, so it, but obviously, that it, as it stands, it would mean Neto or Huang dropping out, so unless there's an injury or suspension that means that's the case, I don't think either of them are going to be dropped. So, as it stands right now, he probably does struggle to get into the starting eleven if you stay with a five. Equally, you could play a two up top, play a three in midfield and he can play in that role and that would suit him. So there are adaptations you can make to fit him in but it maybe becomes a little bit harder for him now than it was previously. Thomas Lomas says, Gary O'Neill now front runner for manager of the month. I mean, factually, yes, because, <laughs> because it was October 1st. So, I yeah. mean, look, if they, if they beat Villa as well, then he's got a great chance, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, factually, yes, but it would be, you know, there's a long way to go this month, put it that way. Uh, oh, this is a question, oh, do you want to ask this? Oh, okay, I'm going to give it to you. Um, Reggie says, uh, our top scorer last season was Pedence with six, Wang Hee Chan is already on five, so how many goals did these players finish with this season, Premier League goals? Well, actually, 
um, all of Pedence's last season, all, all of his six were all in the league. Mm-hmm. Wang's four in the league, one in the cup. No, okay, it's it's a small. So let's say four. Let's say one's on four. Let's then. say four for now. Okay, but obviously five at all comps. Premier League goals. Huang He Chan. I think he gets. I think he gets. You know what? Let's just go for it. I think he gets ten Premier League goals. Oh, I'm going to say eleven. I love that. I, I hope he does as well. Pedro does. Neto. So he's got one so far, and he's got five assists now, hasn't he, mm-hmm. with the City one? Go, we're so, talking about goals, baby. Just about goals. I don't think it's going to be as, be as much as Huang, because I think he'll be an all-round numbers man. Let's go seven. I think seven, too. Pedro Neto. Oh, sorry, it's Pedro Neto. Wait, excuse me. Mateus Cunha. Oh, I still don't think he's a striker. I think he was very good at the weekend. I do I think he's going to get you loads of goals. I don't, unfortunately. I'm going to go five. Oh, goals. five goals, really? Premier League, go- Premier League goals, not yeah. all comps. Premier League, but I, I, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get you big numbers this season. I hope I'm wrong. I like him as a player, but I don't think he's a number nine. Oh, I'm going to say seven. I'm going to say seven. I'll, t- um, I'll take that. I think on penalties, probably for me as well. Yeah. So he, I'm going to say seven. Yeah, he's probably there, thereabouts penalties. Him, maybe Sarabi if he's playing. So yeah, well, Sarabi's nowhere near at this moment in well, time. No, let's be honest. No, correct. Uh, Sasha Kalajic. Remember, watch the documentary, Evan. Part three is out. Absolutely superb. Get it, downloaded, watch it. It is superb. And if you haven't watched all three episodes, there you go. There's there's an hour. Sit down with a little bit of popcorn, some grapes, a little bit of chocolate, watch it. That's what I did last night watching the, the game. It was very it was enjoyable. Mm. Um Bear in mind, in pre-season, I did a deli- deli- oh, shout-out as well, a little podcast shout-out on the yes, uh, you, on part three as well. You did. I didn't. Um <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Um <laughs> The um, bearing in mind that I deliberately did an outlandish claim in pre-season because mm-hmm. I like to have a bit of fun. You know, Nathan Collins six goals this season. Oh, that, here we go. So I, I, I did it deliberately. Here we go. In pre-season, I did say all competitions, Clyde should get 15 goals this season. <laughs> so I'm going to bring that number down just a, <laughs> just a little bit. Um, there, there will be some stuff coming out with Gary and we're talking about him because I asked him recently about Sasha. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's clearly just not fit enough to be starting Premier League games because he's knackered mm. uh, you know, his legs go in games you saw that at, at uh, Ipswich so Premier League goals mm. I'm going five as well I think he gets the same as Cunha I'm going to say four he's got one already obviously he's got so, one already yeah, yeah. It, like I say, it depends on his usage. We'll have to see yeah. what his usage is. Yeah. And of course, you know, this is all caveated with the fact that in January they might go and sign a striker you don't know that um, Fabio Silva came on on Saturday yeah, as do you think he did well, to mm. be fair? I, mean, I think that's another point to Gary O'Neill, the tactics. I think all of his subs he got right as well. Mm. Um, and even though he, Fabio came on in the 86th minute, or whatever it was, he put himself about, won a few tackles, got Wolves at the pitch. I think at that time of the game, did exactly what you needed him to do. Um, Premier League goals, seven. Oh, really? Okay. I'm back in to get a couple extra. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say five. But again... These are all moving parts. We can only give what we think at this moment in time. By the way, if all these players get all these goals we predicted... Are going to be in Europe? <laughs> Wolves would be like double the amount of goals they got <laughs> yeah, last exactly, season. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, someone's going to finish up with two, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, will be buzzing. Oldie but Goldie Wolf, how important to the way we play is the Molyneux atmosphere. Players say it makes a difference and we know how awful it was without fans during lockdown. Yeah, absolutely spot on. Sort of, sort of made this point already, to be honest. it was. Um, I think it makes a massive difference. It's really cheesy to say and really cliche but they are the 12th man it really makes a massive difference to Wolves and when Molyneux is bouncing like that it's it's one of the best atmospheres in the country and it's a difficult place to play but when it isn't like that 
teams get an easy ride. And it's been, unfortunately, the, the wrong side of atmosphere for a few games last season and a few games this season. So get it more like what it was on Saturday and Wolves will hopefully make Molyneux a fortress again. 30 seconds per answer, five questions, you ready? Let's go. Okay, Adrian, why are some supporters determined not to give Gary O'Neill more time? Paul Molyneux makes 95% wanted him gone before the City game. Um, most of it's social media noise that doesn't reflect uh, public opinion, accurate public opinion. Richard Fletcher, can we all just accept now that Wolves is function so much better in a five at the back? Um, it's ever since we began trying a four that back th at the back that things have started going wrong. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. No, no, I agree. Yeah, it is. I, it's got to be, right? I, I, think, I think for me, I'd, what we've seen, you stick with a five. Simon Danks, um, should Cunha drop deeper into midfield and essentially become our Joe Linton? Like Joe Linton, Cunha is not a good striker and as such is either a waste playing him up front or a hindrance whilst we have two actual strikers sat on the bench. I, I get the, the idea behind that suggestion and that question. Um, he's not, because Joe Linton's very much playing as a central midfielder, he's not that Cunha. He is very good at linking the play up. He's very good tactically at doing what job you need him to do, i.e. you know, screening the pivot, as Gary said, after the game on, on the weekend. I don't think he's a number nine, but I do think he's a forward player. I think he plays off the striker, maybe just off, a, off a, one of the flanks, but I don't think he's a nine. Uh, Jukebox hikes, are Chelsea part of the glob? Chelsea part of the glob. Uh, no, I think they'll be okay. No, they'll obviously uh, fine. They, Wouldn't win last night, then. They were never going to be anyway. Yeah, they're never going to be. I mean, they're not, not going to have a great season, but they'll be okay. Uh, since Wolves seemingly get up for the big games, Man U, Liverpool and now City, uh, why the letdown against the non-Big Six clubs? Is it a leadership issue? I think leadership was an issue that, we, Chris. that we, yeah, we, we spoke about uh, after the Ipswich game. Um, I saw a lot of the leaders come to the fore against City. So um, there, I think there's a mixture of things that go into that, but leadership is something Wolves have had to work on and hopefully going in the right direction. $64,000 question, Mr. Liam Keane. It's Wolves against Aston Villa. How does Gary O'Neill line up his side to beat Aston Villa? Mm. Despite saying I'm not sure if he's going to do it, I'm, yeah. I'm going to hedge my bets and say he names an unchanged starting eleven. I completely agree, hundred percent. Love that. Nice. Yeah, I think you've got to. I think you've got to. Well, just so I might have missed it, but when Bellegarde comes into this side or is available, what? Where do you think he plays? I mean, he's on the bench for me. If he's let's say Bellegarde's fit this weekend, he's not. I mean, he's fit, but he's not. He's suspended. He doesn't come back into this team for me. Did you fall asleep ten minutes ago? We just no, well, no. I'm asking you. Sorry, I wasn't. I wasn't listening. <laughs> You're just looking over. Yeah, the, yeah. Out the window. Yeah. Wait, just wait. tell me. <laughs> no, I'll leave it. I'll be all right. Just tell me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Unless you change the formation slightly or play him out wide and drop by the net or hang, which isn't going to happen. Mm. He doesn't get in the eleven in this formation. In this formation, if let's say a Lamina or a, a Jao Gomez gets suspended. Um, could you see him coming into that or is it 100% Boubacar because of the way that they're I think, set up I think the way that they set up in this formation I think it's Boubacar I think it yeah. has to be um, if you change it to a two up top drop a winger then Belegar comes into the midfield mm -hmm. or you drop a winger and Belegar goes into the front three yeah. but either of those scenarios means dropping a winger and I don't think I don't see unless injuries suspensions etc mm -hmm. mean you have to I don't think you drop either Neto or Quang it's Wolves against Aston Villa you're going to choose what we're giving away. We're already giving away a steamer and you're going to add an additional item. I'll go first with a prediction. We'll go with you. I'm going to say Wolverhampton Wanderers against Aston Villa is going to finish Desmond. It's going Desmond. to be a Desmond is back. Channel 4. People used to watch it. Desmond's. Do you watch Desmond's before your time? Desmond's Channel 4? Yeah, way before my time. No? You, oh, you got to remember show. you were like literally 25 years old. Mole man. I'm mole man. <laughs> 
Cowabunga. Dude. Oh, uh, Wolfhampton Wanderers 2, Aston Villa 2, Desmond. Kino. What are you giving away first? Oh, he's, he's breathing out. He's exhaling. So we're, giving out, we're giving away a steamer. A steamer for Vegas. So I'm going to... I'm going to do this deliberately okay. as a big prize. I want you, I want a big prize. I want, to, I want you, I'm going to give you full reign to go nuts. Okay, <laughs> oh, no, no, here, to, here you go. Okay. Here you go. You said it. Okay. We're giving away. How much was the, <laughs> the was it the barbecue thing that we spoke about in the re- previous podcast? It was one of those at the outdoor, um, was it like a, no, it's not. Oh, the big barbecue last week. The, the big black one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We one... can't go down that avenue again. We'll get told off. It was about, it was about 210 quid. Let's do that again. We're giving away that as well? Yeah, a yeah, full-on barbecue? That and a steamer. Wow. And a it's home, like 250 and a quid's worth. And a what? And a home top. And a home top. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Let's go mental. Oh, my God. Just claim the money back. <laughs> I'm going to get killed here. So we're giving away a barbecue, a home shirt, and a steamer. Yeah. All thanks to Kellen Toasterman and also um, Wolverhampton Wanderers. That expresses so. <laughs> and, and Nathan Judah. Um, yeah. My God. But okay, it's a big prize. Okay. For a big scoreline. Oh, I love it. You ready I love this? it. Oh, I'm excited. One second. One second. <laughs> Liam Keane, can you give me the full-time score of Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Aston Villa? It's an absolute classic. Oh. Wolves. Three. Oh, three goals. Villa, three. Oh, my God. Six goal thriller. Six goal thriller. Let's do it. I absolutely love it. Six goal thriller. Wow. I mean, there were seven seven goals in the game last week for them. There you go. Oh, mate. Back I thought you were going to go three, action. two. You're going to go three, two there, but three, three. Three, three. That'd be a cracker. Back and forth action. Crazy and game. That's not just tonight. In the <laughs> keen household. Oh, you're a dirty bugger. Um... <laughs> So uh, yeah, I think a big a big prize, a big yeah. multifaceted prize like that needs a big scoreline. Oh baby, I love it. Oh, you know what? I'm excited now. I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's got a chance. You know, I think it's got it a on. chance. Make sure you get. Make sure you retweet this. This is a special special episode. Make sure you get all those likes. Get it all shared. Remember, the more you do, the more chances you've got to win. And uh, yeah, we'll see you um, on on Sunday for the big game. It's Wolves against Aston Villa. From me, from Keno. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye bye. We're on our way back.